Our beloved Sri Mojibaba, Namaste. Eight weeks ago, I was guided to you, and this has been the most profound blessing, as my heart resonates so deeply with your words and your energy, and I find your videos immensely helpful and instructive, especially the special invitation. I learned the basics about the self-inquiry process through my previous teacher, who came through the lineage of Bhagwan Sri Ramana Maharishi, but your special invitation to just be in the presence of being and what isness and to access this is such an accessible, simple, straightforward way has immensely deepened my practice and it feels like I am at the source with very little movement but so much peace and the knowing that this is the perfect place to be in. I feel like I am in a totally different space through following your special invitation guidance. Isn't it good? So my simple question to you is this. Is there a place and a value for long, silent meditations? My past practice for the last nine years has been to sit for up to two hours at a time with as empty a mind as possible and with the focus in the heart centre. Now, since being with you, I sit in darshan in front of Lord Jesus, uh, your Christ. Um, sorry, I sit in darshan in front of Lord Jesus, the Christ, Bhagwan Sri Ramana Maharishi, and you, Sri Muji Baba, and follow your guidelines in the special invitation. But once I am fully connected and feel that I am at source, I drop it all and just stay in darshan with you. Is this correct? Or should I go on confirming that example, I am divine consciousness, I am effortless awareness? Apologies if you have spoken about this before. It is just that I haven't found this answer and would love to follow your practice fully. My heart overflows with deepest gratitude to you for all your love, which is so palpable, and for your very profound guidance. I am eagerly looking forward to sitting at your feet and being with you in person on a retreat. I thank you, I thank you, I thank you. I love you, I love you, I love you. Claire Brown from Cape Town. So the significant thing, the question, so my question to you is this. Is there a place and a value for long, silent meditations? Okay. Uh, my past practice for the last nine years has been to sit for up to two hours at a time with as empty a mind as possible and with the focus in the heart centre. Who is focusing on heart centre? So, I mean, this is, would be good, you see. Or if somebody is doing Vipassana or something, you know, what is what is watching all of this? Does it need interest in anything? Yet the the Vipassana exercise very very good, but also should be added also 
observing breath and all these things, can that which is observing breath be also observed? So, is there a place and a value for long, silent meditations? But you would know, no? If you have been doing, hmm? it must bring about some change. It cannot just be habit. Maybe you feel good, but when your meditation is finished, maybe the mind goes back again to old habit. Then we will know. You see, if your the benefit lasts only as long as the practice goes on. Then means that you're always going to be practicing, and then it cannot be natural. Then, if what you're finding is only during the practice, the practice must take you beyond practice, because the self must be totally natural. What is natural does not need to be practiced. Only in the beginning, because. The one who is practicing maybe feels out of sync, out of line. So he has to keep coming back. If the if the teaching and the guidance is sound, is very good, has to keep coming back because it reminds you where you actually are. It doesn't take you to a place that you are not. And when it reminds you and establish it clearly that you are always here as this. And not just as the person, then you start to see that the very person who assumed the role of a seeker is itself an idea appearing in the real you, who is consciousness. You may have to listen to this. We thankfully we record these things, so you can listen and say, "Oh, I didn't get it the first time." Oh, maybe you catch it. You see, because it's quite a twist no? of consciousness. I am having this trouble when I do this. I find how can I best do this? And I say, but the one who is doing, or the sense of doing, or the one who is apparently doing something to get somewhere, both the intention of that one and the one itself and his practice are all appearances. In the space of consciousness, can that be seen or not? You see, therefore, all those different components will change. If they are changing, also their change must be also observable. Then why to go to the place that is not dependable? That's what change means. What it means, something is not real, meaning that it's not fixed; it keeps on changing. So it's not reliable. I go back, and it's gone somewhere else again. So therefore, it says, don't follow that which keeps on moving. It is not stable. Better stay in the place of the weakness of him. He is more stable. Then find out if the weakness also move. So if there is an ability to find out that the weakness also move, that can only come into a deeper field of witnessing, which is not personal, and which does not move. You 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 catching what it is? It's not some made up thing. It is come from observation. It come. Okay. 
My past practice for the last nine years has been to sit for up to two hours at a time with an empty a mind as possible and with the focus in the heart center. So this kind of focus, while the meditator still carries the virus of personal identity in him, then the heart center becomes equally a kind of phenomenal focus. You see? So you're looking at it as though it is a thing. Well, if that heart center is something you can see, when heart center mean yourself? What is fixing what upon what? Is the the the, the, the seeker genuine? Is if he's genuine, can he focus on the heart, which is his source? Hmm? So therefore, it's on a heart which is source, but the source does not have a shape to be recognized in that way. And the reason why he looks for a tangible source is because he takes himself to be tangible. The, vis- the, the visible cannot see the invisible. Okay. No. Now, since being with you, I sit in darshan in front of Lord Jesus the Christ, Sri Bhagwan Sri Ramana Maharishi, and you, Muji Baba, and follow your guidelines in the special invitation. But once I'm fully connected and feel that I am at source, so not just feel I am at source, you are source. I'm not just at the source. Do, do you see? It's not just picking at words. Do you see that I'm not just picking at words? It's a subtle thing. You know, that I am at the source, maybe it's like two things, I and source. But the, the isness itself, in the beginning, we cannot help it, because this is our classical way of perceiving, that I am apart from the thing I perceive. So I am at the source, which is the isness. So the isness, to the one who feels is an object of some sort, I am, I am tangibly here, so therefore the source, is being is in some way has to take on some kind of form. Because the form is speaking to the form somehow. And I, I am at the source. But the source is beyond form. So to be one with the source, you have to also be formless. But if you hold the idea that you are form, then a duality is retained. It's very subtle and so this may gradually seep more into the consciousness by itself, I pray. Because maybe you feel it's not my experience. It's not my experience. The source feels like I kind of know it, but the mind needs a subtle image in order to perceive that it is the source. You see? But any image is perceived and cannot be admitted to be the source. It's watched in the source. Does it lead to confusion, what I'm speaking? Or to. Ah, thank you. Good. Let me see. So, Mujibaba, and follow your guidelines in a special invitation, but once I'm fully connected and feel I'm at the source, I drop it all. Well, it drops by itself. It's good, it's good, but it has to be great. Okay, so, um, 
and then feel that I'm at the source, I drop it all and just stay in darshan with you. So then I become two again. Is this correct? Uh, not quite, you see. It's good because, of course, your seeing is having an impact on the saying because it's so immediate, it's so there. But what is happening is that the mind also is hanging on in, in, in there. And because he's there, he's this virus, he's giving some, some influence. He's causing you to see, uh, you know, double. You see? Is that wearing the wrong glasses? But the wrong glasses. I've seen double. He's causing you to see double because it has that legacy. He helps you to perceive duality. So as long as the the the, the apparent source, which is the self, or the, in the form of the person, is still there, he knows himself as an object. I am this object. You are this of that object. Where something is different, you see. He cannot help it. As soon as you sink into your own formlessness, you discover that, then although you see forms, you know that they are forms of emptiness also. Try, try it and see. But don't don't try and imagine. Don't imagine. Just try and see. Okay. Uh, or should I go on confirming that I am divine consciousness? If you just confirm, if you genuinely are confirming and not just say, "I am divine consciousness," "I am divine consciousness," which also is not bad, it's okay. You see, but then it becomes like a belief that you are asserting, and if you do it enough until it actually goes into, it gets formed as a deep impression in the mind, as other things form impressions in the mind. If that becomes a deep impression in the mind, also then it cancels out. The lesser impressions, and if it stays there, you might just come to see because you become the company you keep, isn't it? They say that you become that which you love. So if you if you love this so much, then actually it cancels out the things which are less, and replaces them. So what starts out as a sort of mental affirmation becomes natural. Many people are practicing mantras like this over and over. Jai Sita Ram, Jai Sita Ram, Ram Ram, Sita Ram, Jai Ram, Sita Ram, Sita Ram, Jai Ram, Sita Ram. I know when Taylor in Rishikesh, you know, when I first went there, and when he's talking to you, he's always, you know, yes, sir. We put this one. Ram 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 Jai Ram, Sita Ram, Sita Ram. No, it's two feet tall. Two Ram Ram Ram. Was always like this in the most natural way, most natural way. So what happens is that even when his mind apparently shut off, this mantra is still going inside. It's still going inside, and it's converting everything, transforming everything into it. So you said, um, or should I go on confirming that I am divine consciousness? I am effortless awareness. If by confirming, it comes from. It comes from a direct experience, but that's all that remains now. That is all experientially all that remains now. Then any pull from the mind to go into personhood, it now loses. It loses its power. It's like trying to throw a stone under water. Loses its power. Becomes too heavy. Gradually, also see that 
as you are somehow your mind is is merging inside the heart you know certain things you will not be able to say anymore the vital force will not support it if something is not true you can't say some people live actually cannot physically say it for others they can't even think it not because it's bad to just it's it's gone some things fall away and what i want to say is not that you are doing 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 i'm giving you a whole pile of things you have to do and take them off and do no no your openness your earnestness to stay this this deep yearning inside the heart to be free and to to honor what you see and to approach truth with devotion and openness this is all stay put here and uh, because there's something in the mind thing you must work hard was work no but no you stay simply stay and somehow it is maturing 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 it's like you become very tired in the day and then you go you go to bed and you you fall asleep you're not even sleeping the sleep is there hmm? and you're not doing anything and yet rest produces energy again you didn't produce energy just rest actually nothingness refreshes everything Apologies if I've spoken about if you have spoken about this before. It is just that I haven't found this answer, and I would like to follow your practice fully. Yes. You're you're right there. You're right there. Just the the I notion, the I idea, the I notion. Um. Is still there, isn't it? Because of identity, and identity implies an I entity, and this entityness is influencing. You see, it it it, it insists upon duality. You see, it makes it uh, very difficult, or it just puts it out of your consciousness, and that. Uh, to relate to and refer to yourself from the place of the isness, because of this attachment and idea to that I am this person, I am this individual person, trying to find the universal consciousness, and even though the consciousness is smiling to itself, you say, "Yeah, I like that. I'm trying to get it." You still keep the duality. You never can think it is you, because not because it's different than somewhere else, but because the mind. Puts it to be different, present it to be different and other. You see? Because if it is said that the purest form, the name I am, is one of God's names, it's a powerful name, I am. Because it is that it is the highest principle, the highest principle in language, I am. And still, when you refer to God, you say you. And not I. I'm not saying that you should say I. I am God. No, no. But uh, it is the source. 
There was a story from the Bible when it said that um, Jesus was talking with some uh, members of the established uh, the Sanhedrin and uh, the Pharisees and teachers of the law and so on. And there was some friction there because maybe a non-acceptance or something. And he says, if you knew, if you simply knew the truth, the truth would set you free. And there was some uproar because he said, "What you, you know? Why are you speaking with truth? Set us free. We are children of Abraham, as though that's an, an automatic entitlement to being free." He says, "If you were true children of Abraham, you would have accepted me and accepted uh, the words I speak to you, because Abraham spoke of me." What? What are you saying? Our father Abraham lived hundreds of years ago. What are you speaking? You're just a young guy, maybe 33, 33 years old. Who do you think you are? Abraham was many. I say, Abraham, speak of me. He said, To tell you the truth, before Abraham was born, I am. Who is this I am? The body was born 33 years. What is the birth of I am? He knew, and perhaps knew that these words would be very provocative, even, but that they had to be said, perhaps for generations to come. I don't know. The I am is not personal, but it has been converted into the, the mode of a person. And then we start to think we are just persons, each person. A derivative from the I am. The I am is not a person. You may say it's perfect presence. Okay. I needed to also to um, to give some space because of what was shared, and I feel that. It needs a bit of space, and sometimes questions start to come prematurely, a bit too early, to not to not to not allow allow it to to simply find its full resonance inside. And even though that may not have happened totally, but it's still good that you just I think when we finish eating. Sometimes say, just take a little rest. Don't chew with the mind. See from the reading of letters that those watching via internet are 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 in the they're they're in the in the grace they're in the grace field they're in the energy field of the satsang because their words are coming from this place also. Therefore, time and space makes no difference. Really, nevertheless, sometimes if it is possible to come in the physical vicinity of. Uh, this place, myself, whatever, it something also, something about it. 
I hope you hear these words in the right way.